0: Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Babe podcast. Today's guest is truly one of my most favorite people on this planet. She's um, my mentor. She's my role model. She began her entrepreneurial career in 2008 as a co-founder of CheekyChicago.com, which was The city's leading women's lifestyle magazine for seven years strong, which is amazing. Um, But in 2014, she left Cheeky to start a business that would come to represent the next generation of authentic digital marketing. And it's gained national reputation for defining and enhancing the personal brands of corporate executives, entrepreneurs, creatives, and me and your inner babe. She's the CEO and founder of Simply Be. Jessica Zweig, it is my honor to have you here today. I really, I'm just, I'm
1: so excited to talk to you. Okay, I'm going to cry first and then talk to you. (laughs) That was such a beautiful introduction, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be on your show, and it's kind of full circle because when we met, you didn't have a show, and there was things about you that i I saw in you that I wanted to help grow, and I did and and now you've spread your butterfly wings, girl, not to be super cheesy, but it's it's just really an honor to be your guest on your platform that I know- sp- inspires so many women, including myself, and I'm excited to talk to you today and dig into all the things babe babe, yeah, so
0: just some backstory I met Jess I mean it was a while at this point, but um, I sat on a panel with her for Wear lively and bumble BFF. And I, I remember so clearly I literally was sitting on this panel and just started to talk. And I had this out of body experience moment where I was like, I turned my head and I was like, I either know this woman, I've either met her sometime in this life or a past life or something, or I have to know her. Um, and I was just like, so beyond inspired and intrigued and pulled towards her. And so, um, Right after the panel, I went up to her and I was like, I need you.
1: <laughs> I need you like immediately. I felt the same way about you. I I leaned like we, we were sitting in this panel in this row and we were completely horizontal. Like the way that we were stationed, we couldn't, we weren't looking at each other. We were looking directly at the audience. And so Jack was like a couple people down from me and she was talking. And every time she talked, I like cranked my head forward and I was like, who is that? And I felt the same way. I felt like I had known you or I had seen you before. I do feel like we were probably connected in some past life or some sort of past experience, and we were meant to meet on that panel because you inspired me that much, that as much that day as you say I inspired you, and that is the truth. I looked at you and I was like, "That girl is the real fucking deal."
0: Well, it was a dream partnership in the making. Simply be and Jess, honestly completely changed my life. Um, and I'm forever grateful. So it's really full circle to have have you as a guest. But, you know, lately, I've become sort of obsessed with giving people this space to sort of share their story. Like, I just find it so inspiring, and healing and even freeing um, all the above. So who who is Jessica Zweig? Like, tell us your story.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, I feel like Jessica Zweig is a lot more and a lot different than i think people sometimes see i think what people see today is the success story and the big business and the platform and the message that i know really does cut through and has real authenticity in inside of it but i think what people don't see is where i came from and what it's really taken and the Constant self exploration and journey I'm in to believe in myself and to love myself fully today to this day, and it stems from I guess I'll start at the beginning and i'll I'll you know try to make it concise. I was never cool, I was never the cool girl in high school. I was actually ruthlessly made fun of in middle school and high school, always a nerd, never had boys like me, I never fit into any group of girlfriends. Um, I had a lot of like kind of drama in in my household. And so I, I never really felt steady in my own skin. And, and it really um wasn't actually became, you know, really involved in the theater department. And I know you and I have that connection, Jack, we both went to school for acting. And, and in high school is really where I fell in love with acting because it was an escape. It was a, a way for me to not be me and um, very much became enmeshed in, the theater department because I found my people we were all a bunch of kind of artistic weirdos and that's how I felt and that's honestly in a way how I still feel and then I went to college for acting and didn't have any boys like me I was you know really in- engaged as a, as a theater major and then I graduated college and all I knew how to do was act and I so I became a waitress and I nannied and I temp jobbed and I did all of these side hustles for for years for like almost 5 years out of college really struggling to find my path and even though I loved acting and I was good at acting I had a boyfriend at the time who was 14 years older than me who I met right away out of school and we dated for 5 years and my whole life revolved around him and you know he was somewhat psychologically abusive and made me feel really codependent which I was and I just really didn't know who I was and who I wanted to be for a long, long, long time. And then when I started Cheeky, which happened kind of divinely, it was completely serendipitous. I met my my then business partner at one of those day jobs. We became fast friends. We started the magazine. It took off. And all of a sudden, I broke up with the guy. And I, all of a sudden, I was like this kind of like it girl in Chicago. And everyone knew who I was. And it really fed my ego because I was such a nerd and I was so not that girl for most of my life that I really became unhealthy with the spotlight. And it didn't really serve me ultimately because, I mean, I ran it for seven years, like you said, and I got a ton of traction. I got my real life MBA. I built my network. I learned marketing. I learned social. It was an amazing experience on so many levels. But the reason why I believe in authenticity and what Simply Be is founded on today so deeply is because one, I was so out of alignment with my own for so long and I I know how fucking much that sucks. And two, I didn't have a model of what it looked like to be an empowered female who loved herself and believed in herself until much later in life. And so I want to be the person that I needed. I want my clients to be the people that their community needed. And so that's really why I feel like I'm really in alignment right now because I've done so much fucking work on myself. Um and you know I'm I'm 38. It's kind of crazy to say, but this has been a journey of so much failure, so much lack of belief in myself, a ton of investment in coaching and personal growth work and therapy and and consultants and experts to help me like sharpen and shape not only who I am as a person but you know how I do business and I think that they're completely interconnected and someone once said to me and then this is I guess the last thing I'll say is for now is um your business will only grow to the extent in which you grow as a person and it wasn't until I really figured my own life and my own self out that simply be exploded. And it took me a long time to get there. So I hope that's more intel on who Jessica's Weig is. Yeah, I love that.
0: You're just amazing. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, all right. right. I'm And I had this experience when I sat with you on the panel. I was like listening to you. And then I had this moment where I was like, oh, wait, I'm up here too. I need to participate. <laughs> and I just had that moment where I was like, all right, this is my podcast, <laughs> I need to continue the interview. Um, but no, that was great. That was great. And I, I just, I love how you are so open and honest about not only obviously your success, but also your failures. So I would love how, or I would love if you could talk a little bit about how those failures have helped you and shaped you and help you, helped you grow over the years.
1: Sure. I, um, I fail all the time. Like to be frank, I think you have to be really non-risk averse to be an entrepreneur and just know like you're gonna come up with shit and it's gonna not work the way you want it to. And it's like, okay, learned next, you know? So failure isn't this thing that I've conquered. And um one of the biggest weaknesses or I should say shadows that I had for most of my life, not only as an entrepreneur but as a woman, was disempowerment around money. And feeling like I didn't know how to Make it. I didn't know how to save it. I didn't know how to manage it. I certainly didn't know how to spend it. I mean, I did know how to spend it probably too well. It's <laughs> and, um, and, <laughs> fair, really. And so, you know, my dad was a CPA and I always just kind of had a lot of anxiety around money because he was very hard on me around that. And I was a rebellious teenager and I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what I want. And that. Got me into a lot of trouble a lot of times, but shit gets really real when you have a business and your the money in which you make or don't make impacts the lives of other people, right? And so my first company with Cheeky, we we just made a horrible amount of mistakes regarding finances. We racked up a ton of credit card debt. We we didn't save our money well. We didn't reinvest our money well. We were two kids, basically, like starting, you know, a magazine when we were 24 and 26. I had never opened up a credit card until that point. I had never stepped into an attorney's office up until that point. Like I was as green as grass and we really made a, a ton of mistakes regarding our, our finances. And the business was a critical success from the outside. But it was not a financial success from the inside. And I was broke for years. And I was in a ton of scarcity for years. And it was like sink or swim. As far as our our business model was concerned, we could never get ahead of it. We had, we had staff, we had overhead. And as a business owner, you pay yourself last. And so at the end of every month, there wasn't anything left. And I was working my ass off for it. And so it just didn't it kind of like sank at the end financially. And we had to like tell people we couldn't pay them. And it was so much shame and so much just guilt. It doesn't even define it. And I think having that failure gave me the keys to understand what it really takes to run a financially successful company and simply be as very, very healthy, knock on wood. And, You know, I sleep so soundly at night. Like, I don't worry about that side of my business because I learned by doing. And now I have the tools to empower me to make better decisions, to put smarter people around me, to listen to those people, to think about it. Not only that, but to think about myself as completely capable. That was the biggest shift. Like, no, I am a fucking boss. I am a money maker. I do know how to financially grow a company. I am so savvy at this. Like, I can crunch a P&L. Like, I'm good at math. Like, I these are all things that I now believe in myself. And that's really the shift. And the failure was I, it was only possible because of that failure. Yeah, I think it's funny because
0: I have clients And myself, I work with I am statements, like, I am courageous, I am capable, I am worthy, all of these things. And I think for myself, too, at the end of 2019, I had to have a moment where I was like, these things that I say that I am before I go to sleep, I fucking actually am those things. You know, like, I think we we get kind of stuck in relying on other people or, or not believing in ourselves when we do hit hard times or milestones or, you know, you very easily could have walked when you walked away from cheeky, like given up and been like, okay, fuck it. I'm, Oh, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. I'm not capable. And you didn't, you completely shifted and transformed. And, um, I, I literally always say this to you, but you're just like, you're just amazing. And you're my mentor in every way, shape or form. And, um, I think that for me, it's like I look at you and I'm like, she's an entrepreneur, she's a wife, she's a personal branding expert, she's a blogger, a podcast host, like you're a fucking goddess. But like, besides all these epic titles, you know, what shapes your identity today? You know, like all these lesson, these failures and successes and all of that, but they've all helped you.
1: But like, who, I guess, who do you aspire to still be? Oh my gosh, you're so... That's such an amazing question. Wow. Like that was, I think that's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. I'm honored. Well, honestly, a lot of things came to mind when you said that. Um, I am, you know, a sister. I have the best, most amazing relationship with my brother. And I'm an aunt to his two little babies, my nephews. And I am a friend and a daughter, and so the relationships that are truly, truly nourishing—that is what defines me. But I guess what really, really stood out when you asked me that question—that came to me—and it sounds, it might come out a little weird, and it feels a little vulnerable to say, but I'm going to say it. Um, anyway, I feel like I am a child of the universe. I'm a, I'm a light worker. I'm here as a daughter of the divine. I have a job to do and all of the personal branding expert entrepreneurs just dressing for what I am, what my purpose here on this planet is my vehicle to do the work that I'm meant to do, but I feel more than ever, and that's a big 2020 focus for me, is how do I just remove the noise and how do I really become that channel and connect to divine source so that I can be a communicator for that for that energy, because I think that's, that's what the planet is looking for, whether they know it or not. And if, and you change the planet one person at a time, and I'm very clear that I'm here to to change a lot of persons. That's my, that's my job. And so I, I feel like I'm, I'm of the light. That's what I am. I think you take away the titles and the accolades and the platform and the success stories and the awards and the, Instagram channel, like none of that shit really, really, really matters. It's coming from love, ensuring that you're spreading love and being an example of love. That's who I am. I'm clear on that.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, you you sound very clear on that. So um, I love that answer. I think um, we do get caught up in titles and platforms and to me it's like it's so much more about what's underneath everything that we see.
1: Yes, you know.
0: I I think um the work that I do with clients and obviously the work that I do on myself is to get underneath it all. You know. Um because it starts with you and it starts within. Um And you're so good at it and I I think what drew me towards you though was that that obvious light, you know, and that obvious connection to the light. So you know, I think that's also why you're so good at what you do. You're just so, you listen, not only to other people, but like very much to yourself. And that's that's something that I always am continuing to work on and um, better as a skill of my own. But um, I want to talk about something that I'm so excited for you. I just, I want to talk about the process of this book deal and the writing of the book and the emotions and everything, like truly I followed the entire Costa Rica journey, which I also want to talk about. So um, but just just tell me all the things about this amazing opportunity.
1: Of course, I'm so, so excited that you asked me this question. I've, it's one of those things that I literally pinch myself about every single day. Like it never gets old that, that, that this, is, this is happening. So, you know, I, I wanted to be a writer since I was a little girl. You know, you like write down what you want to be when you grow up or like the twenty things you want to do before you die. And it was always like write a book. And so I started getting serious about potentially writing a book about two, two years ago when my business started to really, you know, take off. And I have a friend Ria, who is she used to work with me in Cheeky. She's she was a a part of Simply Be for a while. She's a multi-published author and she kept kicking my ass. She kept Pushing me to write this book, and I was you know I have this theory that no matter how successful you are how confident you are, you really do need other people to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. we need cheerleaders like and she was that person for me really pushing me to write this and not only that but she gave me the sort of structure and tools and know-how as to how to really go about doing it the r- the real way the right way and so In order to get a nonfiction book deal, if you want to go the traditional route of getting a publisher, you don't write your book. You write what's called a book proposal to use to pitch to agents who pitch you to publishers. So it's a really interesting process. And the book proposal is about a 100 or so page document. It's incredibly comprehensive. It's basically like a business plan for your book you have to talk about not only what your book is going to be like the outline of the book you don't you just, you write the outline for it and you you write a couple sample chapters but you also write an audience analysis a marketing plan you have to study competitive book titles and actually read those books and understand how your book is going to fit in to the marketplace and stand out in the marketplace i mean it is a fucking heavy lift that took me about a year and a half to do and that was like the the worst thing I've ever fucking done. But it was a testament to when you work your ass off and you really believe in it, how the universe will rise up to meet you. Because I finished that proposal in March of 2019, pitched it to 10 agents. I had my number one agent, my top choice. So sidebar, the way that I was taught on how to identify the right agent is you actually look at the books of the people you love and admire, like the women that you would want to like have a book like and look in their acknowledgements and everyone thinks their agent and their acknowledgements, but you kind of have to like, you know, sleuth it a little bit and like Google people and see if that's their actual agency and how to find them in their email. And it's like kind of fun. You kind of like have to research and go down the rabbit hole. So I wanted the same exact um, agent that like Ruby Warrington has from the Numinous and Sahara Rose's agent. It's called Alan O'Shea and Lori Harder. There was just like, she was clearly the agent for a lot of really up and coming, like super badass entrepreneurial women in my space. And so anyway, I pitched a bunch of agents, including her, and she wrote me back right away. And she made me an offer to represent me within a week like it was, it was insane it was insane my top choice and it was like boom and she i'll never forget that phone call ever for the rest of my life and so she she took me on she had very little changes to my proposal which is crazy because Ria tells me that they all want to change your proposal she had like tiny little tweaks and we started submitting it. Um, I think she pitched me to 35 publishers. So this is a really important note. You only need one yes, 35 people, 35 different editors. I got four offers. Um, so I got 30, 31 no's, but I got four yeses. Um, one from Harper Collins that does Rachel Hollis. One from McGraw-Hill that does like, um, I forget her name, but she's like a she, she wrote a really, really good book that was in my book proposal as a competitive and bring your human to work. Anyway, they represented her, Erica, something, um, a Ben, Ben Bella books, which, um, is a boutique publisher that represents like traction, which is one of my favorite business books in the world. And then Macmillan. And that was through a, the imprint sounds true. And they do Eckhart Tolle, Daniel Laporte. Uh, Marianne Williamson, like the intersection of what I say, like business meets consciousness. And I wanted them. That was like my favorite. She was my favorite editor. That was the best phone call. It's such an interesting, interesting process, like getting on phone calls with publishers because you think you're pitching yourself as the author, but it's totally the other way around. They are selling you. Um, And I loved this woman, Diana from Sounds True the most, because of all of the editors that I spoke to, Every single one of them sold me on how they were going to sell my book and how awesome their sales and marketing teams were and what their PR teams were like and what their marketing go to market plan was going to be. And none of them really talked about the material, like what about the book really resonated and why they wanted the book. And then Diana came along and she was like, I need this book. The world needs this book. Like, I love that one sentence where you said this in chapter one. Like, she really, really landed the material. And so anyway, the book goes to auction when you have multiple publishers interested, which is kind of crazy. It's like a closing date and everyone has to get in their best bids. It's wild. And your agent facilitates the whole thing. And then you get offers that come through and then you get to pick. And um, they all came in and it wasn't about the advance. Like there's kind of two sides to the coin of the like big advance versus small advance. Like the bigger the advance great but the more books you have to sell to start making your residual so if you get like a $10,000 advance that doesn't seem like a lot but you have to it you will be able to make so much more on the on the long game of it because you've sold $10,000 worth of copies and then you get to collect so there's two sides but nonetheless when you do get a bigger book deal as far as the advance is concerned it's a sign Slash um, statement from the publisher that they're going to invest a lot of money in making sure your book is successful because it's a recruitment model. They want to make their money back on you. And therefore, it's going to be a reflection of how many resources they'll pour into making sure your book is a big success. And so the long of the short of it is um, Macmillan, sounds true, came back with a six figure offer, which was like three times the size of everyone else's and it was i took it because it was mostly the editor that i wanted to work with like she was the only one that like really talked about the material the way i was looking for and it was also yes very very nice monetary gain but it was really affirming that this publisher believes in me like they see me as a big time you know author under their Not big time, but like, you know, someone that they're going to invest resources in because they believe in in me so much. And so anyway, I got the deal, closed it in August of 2019, and they gave me six months essentially less than to write it. I had a January 1 deadline. I run a full-time fucking hustle, like crazy entrepreneurial fast growth business there was no way I was gonna finish that book in six months unless I took myself out um for weeks straight. And it was always a dream to come back to that place in Costa Rica. In fact, it was there a year and a year in November in 2018, a year before writing the proposal. Like I went on one of my many trips down there for like a, a week or so and I set the intention that if I got a if I ever did get a book deal with this proposal that I wanted to manifest a deal that was significant enough for me to afford to go down for a month and like really write the book. And I manifested that. And I just want to make a point to your listeners because I, I I talk about manifestation a lot. And I know there's a lot about my life that looks like kind of charmed, but it's really not. It's just, I get, I'm just really crystal fucking clear about what I want. I'm not afraid to say it out loud to the universe or to other people. I make no apologies for wanting what I want and then I work my ass off. And that's how you manifest things. And it's just set the intention and go for it. And that's the secret. And so writing the book, to be honest, wasn't as hard as writing the proposal because I had spent so much time laying the tracks for the book itself when I it took me a year and a half to write the proposal. And so all I kind of had to do was look at chapter by chapter and follow my own script and flesh it out. I mean, it wasn't by any means easy. Like, Jack, I would I would finish a chapter and I would cry. <laughs> I would finish a chapter and I would cry because it was like birthing a small baby, like one one at a time. And there were multiple days and weeks and moments where I would stare at my screen blank with the cursor like ticking and I'd be like, "I'm a fucking imposter." Like, I have no idea what I'm what I need to say here. This is it was so hard. It took so much out of me, but it made having a direction and having a roadmap to follow definitely 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 made it easier and so I submitted it on January third, and um my editor is reading it currently, and she's going to send it back with all of her edits at the end of this month, and then we'll do a whole round of rewrites I'm sure, and then all of the book designs and copy edits and line line edits are sort of all of these different deadlines that I think I'm going to have in the next six months. And then it launches in January of 2021.
0: Ah! <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I literally can't wait. I seriously like, oh, uh, it's so fucking nuts, but also so true. Like I've seen even for myself over the last month, you set the intention you work your fucking ass off, and then it happens. Yes. Don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to go after it. I, th- I swear to you, this conversation backstory for everyone else. I had this conversation with Jess at the end of 2019, where I, I think probably for the first time in my life as a as a businesswoman was really open and honest, not only with Jess but like kind of with myself of like how much I was relying on safety nets because I was afraid to sort of just jump off the ledge and take the leap. And, and if I failed, I failed. If I fell, I fell. like And I was just terrified of that, which was holding me back from, yes, I was so clear on what I wanted, but I was terrified to say it out loud. I felt like a shame and a worry about, um, well, what's going to happen if I say it out loud and it doesn't happen? which was coming from a a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset. And I had this conversation with Jess and I just was like, I'm fucking done with the safety net. Mm -hmm. I'm done with all this bullshit. Like I'm jumping, Mm -hmm. I I am jumping, I'm capable and I am jumping and I jumped. And in a smaller scale, it happened, you know? And, and I just love how your life is. So it's a proven fact that if you want something, you are capable of it, and everything that you need to make it happen is within you. Yes. yes, you know, like everything else is 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 great, but you have the power to literally manifest your dreams. You do
1: point blank. Period. Yes, p- the end. And I I think I think what we're both also addressing, which I want to point out to those listening, is alignment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Re- you really have a purpose, Jack, and you're crystal clear on that. As much as the fact that you believe in yourself and that you can do it like to just know that when you're out of alignment, which there really is no black and white sort of picture of it, just a feeling. But when you are like, for me, like I know that I'm of the light, want to change the world, like want to empower people to build their platforms so that they can spread their light. Like no fucking apologies. I am here to do that. That is my gift and when you can fully say that whatever your gift might be but don't don't deny it and don't feel bad about it like that is also key to manifestation is really understanding purpose and making no apologies for it i think you and i both coach people on like believing in themselves in different ways but that's so key and that's what i was saying earlier is like i didn't have a model of what that woman looked like for a very long time i fucking became it I just did, you know, and I studied a lot of other women that were like where I wanted to be. And so hopefully, and, and yet I'm no different than anyone and neither are you. And, and that's what I'm trying to break through to people is that we're all the fucking same. If I can manifest a six figure book deal, if I can do that from where I came from, anybody can do that. If they want to. Totally. Anybody. Mm-hmm.
0: I Yeah, I totally agree with you. I see it personally and professionally more now than I think I ever have in my life. But why Costa Rica? Like what brought you there in the first
1: place? So I've been to Costa Rica, that particular part of Costa Rica, Nosara, which is on the west coast in the Guanacaste province. Um, You fly into Liberia and you drive like three hours southwest and it's like a dirt bumpy road for the last hour. You're like, where the fuck am I? And then you get to this like tiny little jungle town. Um, And I went there randomly. I actually say that Nosara found me as much as I found it. I was when it was my first year running Simply B. It was just me and Alexa. Like I did not have a full team, a ton of clients. And I was stressed out and I was burnt out. And I was like, I'm going to take myself on a solo vacation for like six days. I said to my husband, like, I'm doing this. And so I Googled like best yoga hotels in Costa Rica because I didn't want to do a yoga retreat but I wanted to go and do yoga. And Bodhi Tree is this hotel there that I it was on this list of this like random blog and I was like, "Oh, that looks cool. I just like the I just like the pictures." And so I I booked it and I went down there for 6 days. And I actually had like an existential crisis while I was down there because I was alone uninterrupted for 6 days for the first time maybe ever. I read Eckhart Tolle's uh, new A New Earth, which blew my fucking mind, and I I was with myself, really with myself, and with my thoughts for the first time ever. And there's something really, you know, there's an expression in Costa Rica called Pura Vida, which means the pure life, the good life and you're so close to nature it's like the jungle you know and i love the pacific ocean i love the sunsets i feel so connected to that body of water and i really feel like i found myself while i was there and so much so that when i came back to chicago i fell into a state of depression because legit like i've been depressed i know what depression looks like i was depressed because I, I was here back in Chicago, this super masculine city, tons of frenetic energy, lots of anger, energy, lots of anxiety, energy. Um, and just lots of people. And Nosara is, you know, a tiny little beach town focused on surfing and yoga. Everything is healthy. Everything is eco chic. Everything is conscious. The property of the Bodhi tree feels like it's out of Bali, but it's in Costa Rica and I just feel myself there. And I felt like this is really it. My book is called Be. That's the title of my book, B-E period. And there's nowhere in the world that makes me feel in my beingness as much as that place. And so when I got the deal, I was like, I need to write my book there. And so that's what I did. Well,
0: I can't wait to fucking read it and I can't wait to go there. I'm going to literally hang up with you and Google. (laughs) I literally was just saying how bad I want to go to Bali. So like, if this is the Bali of Costa Rica, I'm in. You really should go there. You
1: you would love it. I'm here for it. By the way, Jack, I don't know if I told you this, but you're in my book. No way. Yes. Can I have your permission? I'm supposed to ask you.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. sign seal delivered. Take me with you. I'm here for it. You're in my book. I love that. I'm so honored. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah.
1: Yes, girl. Um, I'm so I proud mean, of
0: you. Then you, you can maybe tell me off the record, I guess, like what, when we hang up, what it, what it is so we don't spoil it for everyone else. But like, if you don't want to just read it for Jess, you guys, read it for me. I mean, I'm right. in it. Yes.
1: I've made it. Yes. <laughs> everyone buy a copy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so... I think with you and me and why I feel so connected to you is because I just feel like all the advice that you give to me, to anyone else is just so pure and so real and so rooted in you and something that like maybe you don't necessarily have to hear personally in that moment that you're giving it, but once upon a time you had to hear it or you needed to hear it as well. And I, I want to know what is one of the... You know, greatest pieces of advice that you ever got, personally.
1: Personally, um, so what? Well, honestly, what comes to mind? If this is going to sound so so cheesy, maybe, but and I, but you probably will relate to this. So you know how I mentioned I was really into theater, and I started in high school, and I I joined the theater department like sophomore year, and I was always like the ensemble. And I always wanted to be the lead and I always wanted, you know, to, to get the good parts, whether it was a lead or not, but I, I never did. And But I love being a part of the community nonetheless. And yet I I just was shrouded with all of this insecurity that I like could never be the lead. And then one afternoon I was talking to my drama school teacher, Mr. Conway. I was in his office and I, I was just saying how I, I would love to get those parts, but I don't understand why I'm not. And he, he said to me, he was like, Jessica, if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. And I know that sounds so basic, but it was one of the biggest ahas in my young adult life because he was right. I didn't, I, I didn't believe in myself. And I didn't believe I was worthy of those parts. And I didn't believe I could get them. And I, I switched the narrative in my head. And by a senior year, I was the lead in everything and i ended up getting into one of the best conservatory programs you know out there for college for acting um and i think that that's just kind of been a, a guiding light in my life like n- my north star internally of like i don't care what anybody says like even in my darkest of days like i believe that i am good i believe that i am talented i believe that i am beautiful i believe that i am worthy of love like that is been an underscore in my life that has i think really kept me going and it's a it's a it's a testament like I, I i don't think I would have gotten those lead parts if i hadn't had that wisdom and I think we all want to be the lead you know in our own life and we don't feel like we're worthy we feel like we might need to be in the back you know row or in the or we feel safer in the ensemble um and i just i i kind of I was done with that at that stage in my life, and it's it's really kind of fueled me. I say being an actor really did prepare me for being an entrepreneur because you have to relentlessly believe in yourself <laughs> for that shit.
0: I actually completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're your own product. You're your own marketer. You're your own secretary. You're your own best advocate. You're you have to take rejection. Like you have to learn how you know, and that's business. Like you have that's being an owner of a business. You have to deal with all of that stuff. So. Yeah. And I think if you, like you said, believe in yourself first
0: and foremost, and that's the foundation, it's like nothing else I mean shit will shit will shake you up for sure. I mean life will happen, but nothing's gonna rock you right. the way that it would if you didn't believe in yourself. Right. Um right. You know, I mean like I think back to when I was performing and I no manager, no agent, no one ever wanted me because I was trying so hard to be what I thought that they wanted as opposed to just like being me. And granted, I didn't know who that was. I had no idea in the beginning who that was and for a very long time, but it was so crazy because it's like, once I realized who that was and I was comfortable with who that was, then all of the shit started to happen. And like, I got into this flow and I, I made things reality. And, um, it's just, It really does. It starts with the belief in you. Right. So I love that.
1: I always, I say that like the best act, the best character I was ever allowed to play is myself. Like as soon as I stopped needing to, like I went on so many auditions. I was a commercial actor for years. It was like, it was torturous. And then all of a sudden I became an entrepreneur and I was playing me and I was, I I came alive in like a totally different way. And it's so empowering to think that like,
0: that's what made you most alive was just being you.
1: Simply be. Simply be. That's the whole point.
0: So speaking of you and simply being you, I, this is my favorite question that I get the opportunity to ask all my guests, but, um, I would love to know who is your inner babe?
1: I was so excited for you to ask me this question. (laughs) to God! I like love love this question. Um, Can I honestly tell you who my inner babe is? Well, obviously you asked me, so of course I'm honestly going to tell you. My inner babe is a fucking rock star. She is on stage, in the light, making millions and millions of people feel good. Like that to me, and, and like like just full body, like dancing, moving, singing. And I don't even sing. I'm tone deaf, but (laughs) (laughs) like just this like kick, like almost like Gwen Stefani is like my inner babe, right? Like her, like personified, like this, like unabashed confidence, sexiness, visceral talent, sheer self-belief, all in service of making other people feel good and smile and dance and feel sexy too. Like, honestly, like to me, I've thought a lot about this. Like I, I think, you know, we feel like we do find our confidence in, in more of those soulful, like tender moments of like self-discovery. But I feel we also need to unlock our confidence boldly, bravely, on a proverbial stage too and that's my inner babe. I've always wanted to be a rock star <laughs> like in a band. <laughs> like <laughs> no doubt I love it. Yeah.
0: I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for that beautiful answer. That just made my fucking day, but thank you so much Jess for being here. It was an honor, an
1: honor and honor to have you. Um, you're kidding me. I love you. I love you too. And... I've been looking forward to this forever and I, this was the highlight of my day and you are a sister to me and I love that that you consider me a mentor, <laughs> but you're inspiring me every single day watching you step into your power and build your business and make a difference in the world in, in Jack's way. I just mm-hmm. I see you, girl. I see you and I'm so grateful to be on your show so thank you for having me today on your platform i love you i love you too
0: and thank you all for listening i'll see you back next time but just remember and after this conversation keep tuning in to find the inner babe because i promise we'll set that bitch free hey guys it's jack again i'm still here but Now that you've listened and you know who your inner babe is and what she's all about, you might be wondering exactly how you can find her, ignite her, and then set that bitch free. Well, the good news is there are a lot of ways. First things first, find me on Instagram at Jack Goulds, where I go even deeper on some of the topics I cover on the podcast. I share personal anecdotes, a lot about my dog, (laughs) and truthfully aim to bring a dose of honesty to your feeds and i'd love nothing more than to connect with you on there and then if you really can't get enough you can also read my blogs check out my recipes and even sign up for a quick breakthrough session to learn more on yearnerbabe.com. but finally and most importantly if you know someone or you're someone who could benefit from a total reconnection to themselves and increased overall self-worth you can find out more about my business and about my approach to mentality coaching at any of the aforementioned channels. DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Contact me through the website. Email me at Jacqueline at babe.com. And please, please comment and subscribe to this podcast. You guys listening and spreading the inner babe word means the absolute world to me. This episode was produced by Dante32.